Hey everyone, Jefferson Graham here with another edition of the iPhone Photo Show podcast where we talk all things iPhone photography. Um, I've got three questions today, three big questions that we're going to uh, dive into. What's the one accessory that you will bring this summer on a road trip for iPhone photography? Well, that's one question. What's your number one tip for photographing a sunrise with an iPhone? What's your best tip for shooting a sunset with an iPhone? Now, I ask these questions to members of our iPhonePhotoTeam.com website. I got a lot of great answers, and I thought that would make a great podcast. Great on-the-road podcast, because as you know, I'm on the road right now. I'm somewhere in the West, and I actually recorded this before I left, and uh, I've got a lot of thoughts about what to bring with me. But let's start with the members of the team, and I'm going to cede the floor to Jeff Berg and let him tell you his number one choice. Jefferson, the one camera accessory I will not leave home without is the Pocket Tripod Pro. Uh, That's by Geometrical. It's a little pocket tripod, or more accurately, it's in a phone stand that folds up into a credit card size so I can store it in my wallet, and it's really and truly with me every day. Use it pretty much any place you could use a tripod, except, of course, you need a level surface to put it on. So I use it for long exposures or uh, time-lapse photography. Uh, one extra, I don't even know if I want to call it an accessory, but I always keep a peak design anchor threaded through the uh, lanyard hole in the case that I use. And that anchor lets me either use a wrist strap or create a leash for the camera so that if I'm going to use it overhead, uh, I can secure it and uh, keep it safe. I can also use the Pocket Tripod Pro as a phone stand uh, while I'm reading at lunch or in a coffee shop. So it comes in pretty handy that way too. All right, I'm going to give you another soundbite in a second from Wilbur Long, but first let me read you some of the responses. Uh, Teresa says, backup battery. Well, of course, that's really huge. Uh, I like the little power banks that you can charge up. They, they cost anywhere from 20 to 40 to $50. Um, one thing to look out for is that you have to charge them uh, before you can put them to use. Uh, I find that when I'm out in the road shooting, my phone will be dead by around 11 or 12. So I really need the power bank. Uh, It really helps. I don't think anybody should go on a shoot without one. So that's one idea. Jack Kelly likes the Shift Cam Pro Grip, which is a... uh, it's a case that resembles a camera now, and, and you get to put your finger on the shutter like you used to, a physical shutter. It also has a built-in battery bank, so Teresa would like that. It sells for about just under $100. Jerry K. likes a microphone. Well, I like a microphone, too. I like audio. Uh, as somebody who is talking to you on a microphone right now, he likes the DDD4, which is a microphone I'm not familiar with. I use the... Uh, the Rode Wireless Go 2s, lab mics for the production of PhotoWalks TV. And I'm talking to you on a Rode XLR mic that's going into my Rodecaster mixer right now. Jerry Hug, Insta360 camera stick. That would be the selfie stick. And a connector to hold my iPhone 14 Pro Max. This gives me a handle for videos and a good way to shoot images. As many of you know, I have been uh, touting this wonderful selfie stick slash tripod 
four foot tripod for some time. It sells for $25 on Amazon. Make sure to buy the combo because they sell a separate selfie stick or they sell the selfie stick slash tripod. Again, four foot tripod, good for time-lapse photography, good for interviews. If you sit at a cafe and you're going to interview somebody at a table, you're in great shape. Also remember to get your tripod mount for your camera. I've got a full list of uh, my accessories with links to them in the link to every every YouTube video that I have. So just look in the descriptions for those. Paul Moore, the one accessory you're going to take with you on a summer road trip. He says, my wife, LOL. In all seriousness, my smart drive that offloads photos off my phone to a memory card to never worry about not having enough space. I like the SanDisk 2TB SSD. I've got mine packed. Sells for $200. Um, beware, buyer beware. There's a Samsung version of these drives, and they come in two price points. You can get one for $130 for a 2TB or $200 for a 2TB. And uh, the $130 one is much slower. So if you do video, you'll be sitting there staring at the screen. If you uh, buy the $200 one, you will not. Now, Paul also likes a vital uh, feature of my bag, which is the SanDisk iXpand drive. It's a USB thumb drive that plugs into the lightning port on one end to download images and then USB on the other end to upload to computer. Or if you have a, um, a, an Android phone and you get the USB-C version, you don't have to worry about lightning. And these sell for about 50 to $70, depending on how much storage you get. Bob Shore, my lanyard. So I have my iPhone hanging from my neck like a real camera. I'm always ready to shoot without carrying any other hardware. Okay, which is cool. And then Jeff Berg adds, there's a PD anchor hanging from my iPhone case, ready for wrist strap or neck sling. Alrighty, those are some of the ideas that came in. Let's listen to Wilbur Long and catch his tip. Okay, Jefferson, here goes. We'll try this, this recording and see how it works. One thing I would take on a road trip. My small Shengal camera bag. It's small, lightweight, and it has a shoulder strap. It has room for a pocket tripod pro, a platypod ultra, several accessory lenses or filters, and a white kitchen-sized trash bag with some room to spare. I keep it packed and hanging in my office near the front door so that I can grab it and step outside for a walk around town. I can also grab one or two things from it for my pockets if I don't want to carry the bag. For a single item to carry, I choose the trash bag. I'm not so stable anymore bending or crouching for low angle or close-up shots. I unfold the trash bag and kneel on it. It keeps me from ruining my trousers. There we go. Sorry about my voice. The Canadian wildfire smoke has gotten to my lungs and my throat. So uh, anyway, let's see how this goes. Thank you, Wilbur. That was fantastic. Let's move on to the second question, which is your best number one tip for shooting a sunset with an iPhone if we are on the road this summer we are shooting sunsets, right? Because that's what we do. Though remember, the best sunsets are actually in November and December. But it's we're, we have more time on our hands in the summer. So we're out there shooting a sunset later in the day. You know, I shoot a lot of sunsets in, in the winter at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It's pretty crazy. 
Um, Teresa has got four great ideas. Number one, decrease exposure. Uh, the iPhone is great at doing automatic, amazing photos, but it doesn't always get everything right. So uh, open up the carrot on the menu and the photo menu and go to the exposure uh, slider. It lets you go up two, two stops or down two stops. I usually go down at least one stop. Teresa says, ensure that the horizon is level because if you're shooting a body of water, for one thing, nothing worse than looking at a um, at a horizon level that is tilted. Very weird. Have something in the shoot for interest. Have something in the foreground. A pier. You've seen my Manhattan Beach pier photos, right? Um, the, a body of water versus a pier in the water. A pier makes it much more interesting. People looking out at the water, things like that. Um, any, anything that adds a little something to that body of water. And then finally, edit afterwards, because I know for myself, no photo will leave my phone without being touched up just a little bit, whether that be in the Apple Photos app, whether that be Adobe Lightroom Mobile, whether that be Snapseed. The, the tools are free, and they really do a lot for enhancing your photo. Thomas Taylor, patience. I get there early and I stay late. Yes, you want to get there before the sun is falling down. And uh, the best shot is generally not the sun falling down. It's the post-sunset color show that is can be amazing if you're willing to put in the time. Depending on the time of the year, you never know what you're going to get. I've waited 15 to 20 minutes and gotten my best results after the sun has fallen down. Uh, but you never know. You never know. So don't be in a rush to leave. Dwight Broman, always lock focus on the brightest part of the image, which is the sun, then reduce exposure to minus three or minus seven and shoot in raw, which many of us can do on the later iPhones. Hold the camera still, use a tripod if able, and as Thomas said, patience and persistence. Patience, because you don't know. So a lot of photography is just waiting around for the right shot. You've all seen the amazing safari pictures and the wild animal pictures. And you say, how did they get that? Well, they got that by just staking out their, their claim and being there for quite some time. Uh, for a sunset, you will not have to wait as long, but you don't know when your moment's going to happen. I should also say on the flip side of sunsets, sunrises can be amazing. In Hawaii, I was there and I was shooting the sunrises every morning. And what was more interesting than the sunrise was the pre-sunrise show that would happen about 20 minutes beforehand. This rash of colors would appear in the sky and they'd be gone in a second. So, um, you know, patience and you never know. Jerry Hug likes the Skylight Forecast app. It shows the forecast before you drive to the location. Good tip. And Wilbur, our friend Wilbur, keep your eyes open. The sky, the light, and the shadows change from minute to minute, as I mentioned about that um, Hawaii pre-show. Keep watching and keep shooting. Yeah, you've you're not dealing with a 24 exposure roll of film. You're dealing with hopefully lots of memory on your phone and it's better to overshoot than to get home and say, boy, I wish I had shot more. Why didn't I? Now the flip side of the sunset, of course, is the sunrise. So asked a bunch of questions about that, got a few responses and uh, let's begin with our friend Teresa 
The number one tip for sunrise is the hardest. Get out of bed. Yes, it's hard, but it sure is worth it. A friend of mine posted a picture on Facebook the other day. Beautiful shot of Prague. And he said, you know, download my ebook and I'll tell you how I got that shot. And it was, you know, one of those classic European scenes with um, old, old buildings and nice lights and beautiful color and no people in the shot. Nobody. And if you know what Europe is like in the summer, you know that uh, the streets are usually jammed. So I wrote to him and I said, can you tell me in your ebook how you got a shot without any people in it? And he said, yeah, I got there at four in the morning. And that's the secret. That's the secret to great travel photography is getting out of bed. I, at this point, it'll be in the past because I already did it, but I'm recording this ahead of time. I'm doing a photo seminar in Monument Valley that will meet every morning at 510. That's the way it works. Scott Kelby recently did a photo seminar in New York City where he met his people at 430 in the morning. And again, that's what you got to do, particularly in New York, if you want to get there without people in the shot. Jerry K., know the time that the sun rises. Get there at least 30 minutes before. Thank you very much. Thomas Taylor says again, patience for both. I get there early and I stay late. And Bob Shore recommends to shoot in raw, which is a great thing because you have more latitude. It's an unprocessed JPEG. On my YouTube site, youtube.com slash TV. I have a full uh, playlist of iPhone Photography 101 tips and tricks. I recommend that you go over there with any questions. Uh, feel free to hit me up on Instagram, Twitter. I'm at Jefferson Graham. Send me a note at the iPhone Photo Team. Big thank you to the members of the iPhonePhotoTeam.com for all these great responses. Thank you to Wilbur and Jeff for sending in your audio responses. One day we'll do an entire podcast with just sound bites from everybody, and I would be thrilled. Uh, less work for me, right? Um, I'm Jefferson Graham. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you on the next edition of the podcast.